At Oakstar Bank, our mission is to create meaningful relationships by creating extraordinary experiences for those we serve. Our motto for achieving that is to create a difference and leave a legacy. That is not just something we say. It is something we believe and strive to live each and every day. We don't see those we serve as customers. We see them as friends and neighbors. We believe our community should be a better place because we are here and we take that commitment seriously. We look forward to continuing to serve you. Oakstar Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 95.3 KDKD. Today's country, it's time for our community spotlight brought to you by Oak Star Bank. This morning, my guest is Craig Thompson with Golden Valley Memorial Healthcare. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Uh, for those that don't know, give us a little bit of background about yourself. Sure. Yeah, happy to do so. So I'm, I'm the chief executive officer at GVMH, and I've been with the organization now for, golly, a little more than 25 years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's been it's home to me, and mm-hmm. I started as a physical therapist, and and over the years I've had some opportunity to do some different things, and and couldn't be more proud of our organization and our staff, and especially with what they've been through these past couple of years, and um, certainly what they're dealing with today as well. Absolutely, and we're going to touch on this past year yep. um, um, as we move forward. But first, you uh, you want to talk a little bit about this uh, little bit of a surge in COVID and the new variant. Tell us uh, what's going on. Yeah, you know, um, I had hoped we wouldn't have to talk about COVID at all because it seems like um, for as many times as I've been in here over the past couple of years, that's like all we've talked about. And mm-hmm. I'd hoped, and we actually, and we sent you ahead of time some notes that uh, identified some of the topics we wanted to touch on today. But um, COVID has kind of reared its ugly head again, both here locally and regionally. And I think it's important we all understand and have some situational awareness about what's going on. So I will just give a brief overview relative to COVID. We are seeing um, an increase in COVID cases, fairly significant increase here locally. If If you have kids in the Clinton School District, you're very well aware of that. We all got a call from... Um, Destry Brown, the superintendent, this week letting us know that there's been a significant increase in the number of cases specifically in the elementary and intermediate schools. And um, fortunately, as COVID goes, uh, most of the time kids have, you know, um, good outcomes. They get COVID. So that's, that's, that's a plus. The bad news is we're also seeing at the same time adults. And we've got um, a significant number of patients in the hospital right now who have COVID and and need to be hospitalized. They're extremely sick. And that's really true across the region right now. Um, There's a regional bed shortage. And for example, today we have 48 patients in the hospital that are hospitalized. Uh, We would typically expect to have about 25 this time of year. So 48 is obviously a lot higher than 25. We saw around 60 patients yesterday in our emergency department. We would typically this time of year expect to see around 35 patients in a full 24-hour period of time. That same thing is true with all hospitals in the area. Um, we, have, we have right now several patients in our hospital who really uh, need to be transferred to a higher level of care. Their, their needs are really surpassing our ability. And we've had a very difficult time getting transfers accommodated. We uh, One day this week, earlier in the week, we called 150 hospitals trying to find a place for a patient to go and, and heard no 150 different times. Uh, one of the facilities I spoke with earlier in the week indicated they had 125 patients in their building waiting to be placed in a bed. Another facility in the Kansas City area had 80 patients in their building waiting for a bed. I talked to someone at a hospital in Columbia uh, yesterday, 
and they actually have patients on ventilators in hallways right now because they're waiting for beds to open up to be able to put those patients into beds. So I say all that to share. There is a regional bed shortage right now, and take COVID out of the, out of the equation. If you're to have a heart attack or a stroke or some other immediate need for a hospital bed, this impacts you as well. So um, it's not just COVID that this is impacting. It's any kind of health care need that would require a hospital bed. Right now, they're pretty hard to come by. And I don't see that letting up here anytime soon. As I said, I'd hope we wouldn't talk about COVID at all, but I do think it's important. We all understand what's going on. I will share that the day before yesterday, I haven't seen yesterday's test result numbers. Um, the day before yesterday, we identified just at our organization 29 new cases of COVID, which is the most we've seen in one day from our organization for several months. And at the same time, you know, a lot of places now are doing testing. So I, I suspect we're going to see a significant increase in the number of positive cases or newly diagnosed cases. Now, fortunately, not everybody lands in a hospital bed or needs to be hospitalized. And that's that's good news. And really, I think at this point, if I can give any bit of advice to anybody, it is if you have symptoms, please get tested. Um, simply getting tested um, helps you understand whether or not you might have COVID. Um, even if you don't have a bad outcome, which we hope and pray you don't, um, by getting tested, if you know you have COVID, then it'll help prevent you from spreading it. So if you have symptoms, get tested. We do testing. All the local pharmacies do testing. Compass Health does testing. The schools do testing for their students. So get tested. That way you have some assurance you don't have COVID because it's a time of year and we all want to get together with our loved ones and our, and our friends and um, we None of us want to spread anything. So get tested. Um, have some um, peace of mind there that you're not going to spread something or, or cause someone to have a bad outcome. And I think that's one of the most important messages right now. If you have symptoms, get tested. Absolutely. Wow. Um, so let's get uh, going on a positive note yeah. here, Craig. Yeah. And yeah, uh, let's let's talk about some of the, uh, the great things that happened with you guys this yep. past year. Yeah, well, you know, we are, we are fortunate that we're in the business to see great things happen every day. We're at, you know, some of the high points of people's lives. Maybe that's the birth of a baby. Over this past year, uh, we delivered about 360 babies, which is great. And um, also in this past year, we had we hosted more than 180,000 clinic visits. And I'm just going to give some statistics and numbers just to help um, the community understand the real full scope of our services. Um, in this past year, we did right around and saw right around um, 14,000 people in the emergency department. We had more than 10,000 home health visits. Um, more than 2,000 people were admitted and kept at least overnight, one night in our hospital. And we had more than 200,000 outpatient visits. That's across all of our different services and facilities. Provided more than um, 3,200 surgeries. And really, about any single day, Monday through Friday, we see about 2,500 people through our facilities. So um, large scope of services, we're, we're extremely um, fortunate and privileged. We understand that people trust us with their health and their health care. We don't take that privilege for granted, and we appreciate the trust people have in us. Well, one of the best hospitals, not only in the state, but in the country. We have been fortunate to be recognized as um, we are um, we're recognized as a top 10 hospital in the state of Missouri, the only rural hospital on that list. We did recently receive an A grade from the LeapFrog Group. So let me help you understand what that means. So A grade from LeapFrog Group, it's a patient watchdog group that's really paid for 
um, by employers, large employers like the Walmarts and the Amazons. They go out and they have this group rate all hospitals across the country because they want to be sure when they're spending health care dollars on their staff that they're spending them in places where, where their staff will get good outcomes. So they grade every hospital in the country. And we did receive an A grade. We're proud of that. And it's really due to the um, efforts of our staff and their commitment to providing safe care to our patients. We're the only A-graded hospital in the region. I can't tell you what the other hospitals have in terms of their grade. I know what they are, but we're not allowed to share that. Sure, uh, But sure. I can share with you, there's only one A-grade, and that's um, GVMH, and we're proud of that. We also received a, f- a four-star rating from CMS, um, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. There are only five possible stars available. There's only about three five-star rated hospitals in the country. Um, I'm sorry, in the state. Um, We did receive a four out of five-star rating there, which we feel really good about. Again, we're the only four-star rated hospital in the region as well. Well, that that's pretty pretty awesome, and I know you're going to strive to be a five star. We do. We 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 would love to be a five star. It's a stretch for us because we don't provide some of the services that are required, like transplants and some other things. But uh, won't keep us from trying to get there. Absolutely, you always try to improve. That's right. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, another thing that's happened this past year that's been pretty exciting for us and, and really, I think, um, is to the benefit of the community is expanding our facilities. Sure. We've had a lot of facility expansion this past year. And really, by expanding our facilities, we're able to offer more services. And, and one of our primary goals is really to make sure healthcare services are available locally. Nobody gets better in a car. Nobody gets better with windshield time. They get better by seeing their provider or receiving whatever medical service they need. So the more we can provide locally, the less need someone has to travel out of town for care. Uh, We did do a fairly uh, major expansion of our Windsor Clinic. We essentially doubled the size of that clinic. And really the purpose of that expansion was for us to be able to bring additional providers to that Windsor community, bring additional lab testing, additional imaging services, additional rehab services. So again, people who live in that area don't have to travel out of town for those services. We also um, have done some improvements and expansion on what we're now labeling as West Campus and East Campus. So if you think about where the hospital and clinic sits, if you look west, we call that West Campus. That's how smart we are. See, Right? Right? Yeah, we're brilliant. So West Campus, um, we added our therapy services, which is in what used to be the old Aldi's grocery store building. We were able to acquire that property. Um, It was pretty dilapidated when we acquired it. And um, we went through a process to upgrade that property, obviously, um, kind of fix that old grocery store up. And we moved our therapy services into one side. Then on the north side, we did some new construction to be able to accommodate our ambulance services. So now at that West Campus facility, we've got our therapy services and what used to be all these. And on the north side, our ambulance services. And our ambulance services obviously run 24-7, 365. We do about 4,000 ambulance runs a year. And those ambulance staff work 24-hour shifts. So when you're working a 24-hour shift, you need, when you have downtime, you need to be able to get some rest. Sure. So that ambulance facility not only houses our ambulances and has workspace for those staff, but also their sleep rooms. And the real benefit of that is their sleep rooms are literally just a few steps away from their ambulances. So if they are trying to get some rest and a call comes in, they put their boots on, they jump in the ambulance and go. So our response time and our ability to respond to emergencies in the communities improved significantly with that facility. And that's pretty amazing if you stop and think about it. You know, you're on call for 24 hours, Man, yeah. and you can be sleeping, and boom, you got to go. You are right. Uh, it, you know, our, our 
emergency personnel or policemen and firemen, they do similar things like that. Yes. But, but if you think about it, that's pretty amazing. It's extremely amazing. And, you know, I don't know. I know you got to get up really early in the mornings. Um, I get up pretty early, too. And there's times I might hit snooze. They don't have that luxury. When the right. call comes in, they, they hit the ground running. And thank, and thank goodness, yes. because uh, um, you never know when you yourself yes. may need their services i've been there yep yep absolutely and, and you know that's really the reason they're there is to respond in just a moment's notice and then we have a facility called east campus and you can guess which direction that sits um east good job okay. see yeah you're catching on and that east campus facility um was once the st luke's medical office building uh, we acquired that property a couple of years ago now um, when st luke's decided they um needed to go a different direction and leave the community. Um, fortunately, many of those providers and staff came to work at GVMH, so we're still able, able to provide that access to those providers and, and that staff. Um, but that facility now has become an important aspect of our care as well. We did go in and do a fairly um, light remodel. Uh, it was It's a structurally sound building, but it had become a little bit dated. So we went in and did a fairly... Um, fairly, I'd say moderate, um, construction project to just give it a facelift more than anything else. Um, we did move a few walls, but that was really to accommodate some imaging equipment. And now we house in that building our orthopedic services, um, which is Dr. Womack and um, Kathy Irby, who's a um, physician assistant in orthopedics, as well as our podiatry services, which is Dr. Garrett Child. And the real benefit of locating those two services there if you have ever received either orthopedics or podiatry services you know they were on the ground floor of our clinic so you come in the front door of the clinic you get on an elevator you go down the stairs you'd walk back to their offices it's a long walk for somebody who may have had a knee replaced or has a, a foot that's got a problem by having them now in this new facility you can actually pull right up to the front door get out and go right in so we've decreased the number of steps for our patients to have to take so it's a real benefit in that regard yes i i can uh, relate uh, as a guy that's had knee problems and a broken leg and yep. and different things like that how hard it is sometimes just getting around you you, the things you take for granted mm -hmm. um, so yeah that's wonderful yeah so having that east campus facility that houses now orthopedics and podiatry um, has provided better access to our patients and, and really less steps they have to take. And then a few other things that um, relate to services and expanded services, we've added a number of new providers over this past year, and we've added some new services because we've added providers who provide those services. So one of those services is rheumatology, Dr. Raman, and she is a um, magnificent person. Um, we've had nothing but great feedback from our patients about her, and rheumatology is a service that's really in great need in our community. And being able to provide that service locally um, is fantastic. I, I don't know that you'll find many rural hospitals anywhere in this state. I, and I'd challenge you maybe to even find any other one that has the same breadth of specialty care that we do. Rheumatology is a little bit of a difficult recruit, difficult placement. And we're very fortunate to have Dr. Raman on our staff and be able to provide those services here locally. So, again, our patients don't have to travel. That's that's good news. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another service that um, we've been able to bring in-house is pulmonology. Dr. Alcotti um, is a pulmonologist with really several, I'd say, fift close to 15 years of experience in providing critical care. And he had made the decision really after a full year of 
his um, critical care life really being dominated by COVID to, d to transition to simply uh, or strictly an outpatient service. So now Dr. Alcadi does pulmonology services for us, provides those to outpatients. And then as well, he also does our sleep medicine services. So we had struggled for um, a fairly um, significant period of time in getting sleep studies scheduled in a timely manner. And that's because we just didn't have enough resources to get those um, patients scheduled. That's changed now. We've added a couple additional sleep rooms. We've got four total sleep rooms now. Dr. Al-Qadi um, is able to read those services really every day of the week. So we're able to turn those around pretty quick. And so we've kind of gotten past that obstacle we had historically that really was a delay in achieving those services. And then beyond that, we've added some additional kind of manpower to help expand our services. So in orthopedics, I talked about Kathy Irvy, who was added to really help um, expand and, and extend what Dr. Womack is able to do. Uh, we are also able to add um, an additional mid-level, and just this happened just very recently here um, in our ENT services to assist Dr. Woodland and um, our mid-level there. His name is Brian Rieger. Um, Brian is a, is a physician assistant who will, again, help Dr. Woodland um, be able to see more patients and, and provide additional care. So that improves access to care. And then we've also added a mid-level in our psychiatry services. Her name's Michelle Tremaine, and she'll help Dr. Orsani, again, provide additional appointment availability to patients. So really help to extend those services and provide more availability to patients within our communities. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. Yep, we're excited. So um, what we're also excited about is um, next year, 2022, really marks our 50th anniversary as an organization. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're excited, and we're so excited. We actually plan really kind of a year-long celebration to mark that very memorable um, milestone. And you'll see activities really um, beginning in February. So the hospital opened on February 29, 1972. Um, obviously, 2022 is not a leap year, but we'll figure out the right day to uh, celebrate and begin to kick off our celebration for our 50th anniversary. But, you know, I opened as we started to talk today with a number of statistics. And you think about, you know, if we had 350 births this year, and we've probably averaged between 350 to 400 every year we've been in existence. So you think about how many people have been um, born at our facility over a 50-year period of time. It's a bunch. Right. Um, how so many people you, you figure probably, say, 350. So you're looking at... Uh, 3,500, you're celebrating, so 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, probably close to 20,000 people. Yeah, yep, about double, about the size of our county, really, when right. you think about it. And then you think about anybody who's had an overnight stay, those type of things. We've, we've touched a lot of lives. And um, obviously, you know, our staff, we've got around 1,000 total staff. Um, and because we're a fairly large employer and, and a relatively small community, the majority of our patients are some one of our staff members' family, one of their friends, or one of their neighbors. So not only will this be a celebration with our staff, it'll be a celebration with our community because Absolutely. obviously um, without our community support, um, we're not needed um, for, for all kinds of reasons. But because of that and because of the support we've received for the last 50 years from the community 
and really the integral aspect healthcare plays in any successful community, it'll be a community-based celebration. So we got a lot of activities planned. That sounds great. Thank you, uh, Craig Thompson with Golden uh, Valley Memorial Healthcare for stopping by today. We, we appreciate you, and happy anniversary. Well, thank you, and, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Absolutely.